The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Radio Show, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, if you've ever wondered why you get an ache in your gut after eating something, we're here to help, so be sure to listen close. Plus, later we'll find out what's new at Mother's Market and what's happening around town. But first up, we are extremely pleased to welcome back certified nutritional microscopist Liliana Partita, in addition to being the on-site nutritionist with Dr. Keneally at the Center for New Medicine, she has also dedicated her life to health and fitness, including training aerobic instructors and teaching nutrition across the world, to winning a state championship herself in the 400-meter dash. And we welcome you back to the Mother's Market Radio Show. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Kim, and thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Well, for those of in our audience uh, that have not been familiar with your mission and your work, why don't you fill our audience in a little bit before we get to the show's topic? Well, Kim, you know I'm very passionate about living a healthy lifestyle. So really, I've dedicated my life to really educating our patients, or really anybody who will listen to me, uh, (laughs) to understanding what that healthy lifestyle means and, you know, what are the steps in being able to achieve their health goals, their fitness goals, through just making some simple dietary and lifestyle modifications. Well, you are a fascinating woman, and we love having you on the show. And today, we have a gut feeling that you're going to like this show. (laughs) Yes, we are talking about a healthy gut and a healthy mind as well. So let's begin by talking about digestion. How does digestion work? Well, digestion is a process, it's a chemical and mechanical process of breaking down your food to extract the nutrients uh, so that your body can utilize them as fuel. And so many of us have gut issues. Mm. I think that's probably one of the primary causes of a lot of my patients who come to see me are suffering from uh, indigestion, bloating, gas, heartburn. And so this is uh, something that is just not treatable with an antacid. And we really try to get to the root cause of it. So um, one of the goals that I do, of course, is really take an inventory of what they're eating because potentially a lot of the foods that they may be consuming are the very foods that are causing them uh, some sort of an allergenic response that are causing them this indigestion or GI disruption. And a lot of people uh, abuse antacids too, don't they? And then that makes it even worse. They do. And unfortunately, these uh, antacids contain calcium carbonate, which really neutralizes the very enzyme that is absolutely necessary to break down food and to keep the bugs parasites and mold uh, from taking over our intestinal tract. Okay, you had me at bugs and parasites. <laughs> okay, you. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second, but what let's talk let's back up and talk about um, what is stomach and what is stomach acid and why is it important? Stomach acid is uh, what we would call hydrochloric acid. Our stomach pH is approximately between a 1 and 3, which is very different from our blood pH, which is about a 7.43. It's absolutely necessary that we have an acidic gut so that we can, as we spoke a second ago, keep the bugs out, but to really produce the enzymes that are are necessary and the hormones uh, necessary uh, and neurotransmitters, what we call the happy hormones, to be able to be produced in the gut. So hydrochloric acid is a acidity that helps to break down proteins that we eat and consume. And how does uh, the pH relate 
to the digest to digestion. Well, it's interesting because every every substance has an alkalinity and an acidity. So if the digestive system is very acidic, we need to eat alkaline forming foods to create a balance in the pH of our of our of our, of our bodies. And so when people are eating a lot of processed foods and high dense carbohydrates and fats, they're really not eating those foods that are necessary to maintain a healthy pH. When we don't have a healthy pH, literally we're depriving the body of oxygen and it really affects what we call the mitochondria or the furnace in which our body is able to break down food and utilize it for energy. So it's absolutely necessary uh, that we have a good pH in the body. Okay. Um, and of course, we've all been there, depending on what we eat. or um, what. And so that can relate with the heartburn, for instance. And um, I know I had heartburn when I was pregnant so with my son, and it was so uncomfortable. So what is heartburn, and how can it be treated? Well, you know, heartburn is usually described as a burning feeling in the middle of their chest. And oftentimes, <laughs> they are actually kind of uh, misdiagnosing and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm having a heart, heart attack. attack. You yeah, know, it's this pain. It's like, yeah. And and, uh, and to come to realize that it's actually uh, some acid that could potentially is leaking upwards from the stomach into the esophagus. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes, again, we spoke about the antacids. So they're given Prevacid or another antacid to lower the acidity when oftentimes the very nature of this problem is that they don't have enough acid. Mm-hmm. And this is the interesting p- thing that uh, people find is that if you don't have enough hydrochloric acid in the digestive system and then you eat something, what happens is that hydrochloric acid is the first acid that food hits. Then once it hits that, food stimulates the hydrochloric acid, again, more production. So you get a chiming effect, hydrochloric acid on the bottom, hydrochloric acid on the top of food, and then for it to break down. But if people don't have enough hydrochloric acid, then what happens is they don't get the chiming effect. Mm. The acid's on top of the food, so that when they get into a reclined position, again, they feel that sensation. So instead of having to take an antacid, really what they need is actually hydrochloric acid. Ah, oh, that's interesting. Okay, let's get to the bug question. <laughs> parasites and symptoms of parasites and uh, bugs. I guess they're how do they? How are we treating that? Well, it's really interesting because you know, three point five billion people suffer from parasitic infection worldwide. Ew! I know it's it, people will get, get freaked out, but I tell everybody, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship that we have. It's just like the ocean. You know, you've got all kinds of organisms living symbiotically together, but then when one organism starts to create an overgrowth, we have an entire dysfunction in the whole system. And this is the same thing with parasites. You know, really, I say they're meant to be there to break things down and potentially even ourselves when we die, right? Mm -hmm. But what happens is that we're in such an acidic condition, we're triggering the body that it's time to break down and we get an overgrowth. But it's interesting because, you know, we can have up to 100 parasites living in our body. It's really amazing. And oftentimes, um, a lot of physicians don't even look for parasites and they don't do stool tests which we do a um, expanded gi panel to find out potentially or i can do energy testing to see if they've got parasites but uh, symptoms of parasites would be um, uh, bloating gas it could be 
itchy uh, rectal area. It could be a crawling sensation. Literally, I've had patients say, oh my gosh, it's, I can almost feel like they're, they're crawling on my skin. And people say, oh my God, I know you probably think I'm crazy. And I say, no, I don't think you're crazy because I have seen this time and time again. And it's really quite interesting because people will actually literally bring me in some of the parasites that have come out of their body. Are you and kidding so it's, me? It's, yeah, it's really crazy. It's no joke. But you know, over 1 million people a year are hospitalized uh, from these parasites. So um, it's... They're, they're kind of difficult to treat, but not impossible because we, you know, again, they're part of the symbiotic relationship. But when there is an, a, an overgrowth of parasites, it's absolutely necessary uh, to um, uh, do a detoxification. And what we do, it's very pretty simple, or oftentimes are going to be with uh, just pills. I like to use fiber so that we bind them once we break break them down to move them out of the system. Uh, so uh, cleansing, uh, colon cleansing formula at the same time. But it takes really months to get rid of them because they're kind of intelligent, not like a, a, a human intelligence, but they know when they're getting annihilated. And literally, they will they will burrow deeper into their intestinal tract or whatever organ they're in, knowing that they're getting annihilated. So usually parasite cleansing is you do it for like a 10-day period, 15 days, you go off of it for a week, kind of like the coast is clear, they come out again, and then you hit them again. So I, it's okay. really, <laughs> I know, it's kind of a freaky subject to talk about, but uh, very necessary. But Since, do, let me clarify, do we all have these parasites living within our bodies? We all have parasites living within our body. It doesn't matter how clean. I mean, for example, you know, we can breathe parasites mm-hmm. in through our nose and mm-hmm. through our mouth. We can actually transmit them from one person to another. And of course, even organic foods you know, are going to have parasites on them. So I like to use grapeseed extract. I wash everything, including my meat in grapeseed extract, even if it's, you know, I just like put 20 drops in a, in a tin of, a, of water and kind of soak them in there a little bit just to potentially uh, disarm those p- parasites that are still alive. You know, unfortunately, the thing, Kim, is, is that our body is meant to get rid of these parasites, mm-hmm. but because we are exposed to so much electromagnetic field, right. it actually increases their life cycle faster. So they actually, you know... Um, where they were meant to come in as a ovum or parasite and not really hatched yet and moved out of the system because of the electromagnetic field, it it increases their life cycle span, so they hatch inside of our bodies. Oh so the more cell phones and computer exposure, the faster they're going they're to grow. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm, I guess it, like when you say you have the flu bug or something like that, then that really does put it to a different time. It does. <laughs> it really you know, puts a whole meaning exactly. on it. Exactly. You know, people will have a lot of nausea with parasites as well. So that's kind of a symptom that we're always looking at. Oh my goodness! Well, it's but, but this is interesting. It's something that um, I'm glad you're really bringing this this subject up because um, we really don't uh, realize this. But now, but the grape seed extract that is something that you can, as you said, you can disarm the parasites with that, and you wash your foods. And you know what's an interesting thing that I always thought is when you have fruit and you put it in a container, mm-hmm. and you and it starts to where do these are those the parasites? Is that what they look like if you have like rotten fruit or something? No, that's usually fermentation. That's different. Uh, parasites, you don't see them actually. I mean, unless they're obvious like a tapeworm or pinworms, but most parasites are absolutely like even when you're doing detox, you really can't see them. Oftentimes people will see things that look kind of like um, things that come in like little sacks a bit. You can mm-hmm. just see that you know, there's they're kind of their colony of, of, of parasites, oh, okay. but uh, a lot a lot of them are microscopic and you can't even see them. Okay, 
Okay. Well, all right. Sorry. <laughs> I need to go back to biology class. <laughs> but, but no, but that's good because that's the inside of your body working. And that you were saying also oftentimes with the bloating and the gas and the itching and everything. And that's what that is, uh, pertains to. So, all right. So, and then treating that. Uh, did we talk about the, the how we're treating that those symptoms? You know, that? usually again we use black. You know, usually these combinations of of a formula will have black walnut tincture in it, uh, clove. Uh, so we usually have a combination of different herbs to assist in uh, eradicating parasites. Of course, if it is uh, a, a real problem, we might bring out the big guns, and then we would definitely use medication followed by a natural method. Okay. All right. Well, we are going to be uh, right back. This was interesting. <laughs> we kind of went off on a little tangent here, but um, we're going to, when we come back, we'll be talking about food allergies and enzymes and uh, bacteria for, that's good for digestive health. Uh, very interesting information, Liliana. Thank you so much. We are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high quality, great tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with her life stages. The first of its kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solaray at Mother's Market today. Welcome back to the Mother's Market Radio Show. And we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click on the link for radio and listen to past shows. Plus, download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with certified nutritional microscopist Liliana Partita. And we're talking about how a healthy gut can help us get a healthy mind. So, Liliana, we were talking a little bit about, well, parasites and getting clean and healthy. And now let's talk a little bit about food allergies and symptoms. Well, you know, this is interesting because, again, food allergies really plague so many people. And because of the genetically modified foods and the chemicals that are in foods, people are triggering uh, to foods that they never would have or should have, unfortunately. So we do a lot of uh, immunological response testing for foods, uh, especially if p- patients come in with uh, inability to lose weight or severe fatigue. We want to get to the underlying problem. So, uh, you know, allergies to the highest allergenic foods are going to be to dairy products, mm-hmm. are going to be to gluten products, to uh, soy, shellfish, 
And also tree nuts like cashews uh, is, is, is a top one, peanuts is a top one, uh, but even some of those ones that are more benign like walnuts and pecans. So um, it's really important to really isolate that. And what I like to do oftentimes is just have people, without having to take an expensive test, is let's just say for 10 days, let's not have any of these foods. Let's lower our immune response to these foods so that once we reintroduce them one at a time, we can truly see if you know we've been masking an allergenic effect and start cutting out these foods that potentially can cause inflammation, weight gain, and other immunological disorders. That's smart. And just get rid of them all together and see what happens. Good. How are enzymes in digestion related? And uh, which enzymes enzymes aid in the digestion process? Well, you know, Kim, uh, digestion begins in the mouth. And this is where you begin to break down sugar. So it's a more uh, alkaline enzymes, amylase, uh, sugar enzymes that are produced. So when people are drinking water as they're eating, they're really uh, diluting their digestive enzymes. So I tell patients, if you need to drink water, just little teeny sips, but try to chew your food 32 times, uh, really chime your food, and then and then swallow as a digestion of sugars begins in the mouth. And then, of course, we talked already about uh, digestion of uh, proteins, a more uh, dense proteins like meats. They're actually digested in the stomach with hydrochloric acid. So really, I like to use full spectrum enzymes. And I think really with the amount of stress that everybody is under, uh, which inhibits our ability to produce enzymes in the gut, I always tell everyone that your uh, sympathetic nervous system uh, is really an association to the GI system. So what I'm experiencing in my environment in terms of stress, my stomach is married to that and I'm having the symptoms from that, which would be lack of enzyme production. Mm. Okay. Is it true that bacteria are good for digestive health? Well, you know, Kim, we have three to four pounds of bacteria in the gut, and some friendly and some unfriendly. In fact, um, the unfriendly considered uh, mold, fungi, uh, or candida uh, is really a natural organism that lives in the gut. But unfortunately, with the imbalance of uh, acid to alkaline, the less acidity the less acid we have on our stomach, the more the overgrowth of the bad bacteria. Fiber is really important, but a lot of times fiber feeds the friendly as it feeds the unfriendly. So oftentimes patients will say, gosh, I, I have this, I eat these fiber foods that you've asked me to do, put psyllium husk and uh, different type of uh, fibers into my diet, and I just bloat uh, because they have still an unbalance of the good and the bad. So it's really important to increase the friendly bacteria really before you even start doing a heavy load of fiber. And so I love to use probiotics. Um, and there's a variety of probiotics uh, that, you know, we can use depending on, uh, on the symptom. But that's what I like to give people probiotic in the morning and at night. Uh, I like to do, have them take it on an empty stomach. We establish a little homeostasis in the gut. We start introducing the good healthy fiber. Not only does it feed uh, the bacteria in the gut, but it also helps to uh, sequester any kind of toxins in the body. Fiber, really, I love it because it also um, it suppresses a hormone called ghrelin, which makes us hungry all the time. Mm. So uh, fiber is essential for gut health. Oh, that's excellent. I was just going to ask you about that. And, um, yeah, I see pro probiotics all the time on uh, all the time now. That seems to be the, the hot trigger uh, now. Um, a question, 
how many bowel movements should one have daily? Well, it's interesting you should ask that because I will ask patients, you know, how's your bowel function? And they'll say, oh, fine. And I'll say, oh, you have one to two a day. And they go, no, a week. And now for them, that might be normal because that's the way their body has been functioning their whole life. And so I kind of equate it to a Play-Doh factory. Now think about it like that, all right? So if you're kind of thinking about, well, I didn't have a bowel movement a day, but I had one on the second day, that means your breakfast, lunch, and dinner and breakfast is being pushed out the next day. So that is a very sluggish bowel. We believe that having uh, emptying the bowel thoroughly, like two bowel movements in the morning is natural and normal. And then maybe one mid-afternoon, if you're super healthy, that would be fantastic. Um, and a normal bowel, which, you know, usually is well-formed. Uh, it's A lot of people have, yeah, three or four or five bowel movements, but they are runny and they're more acidity. The body's just trying to purge. That's not a healthy stool. Okay, that's good to know as well. What are um, digestive symptoms that shouldn't be ignored? Well, you know, it's often, you know, people will say, um, I'll say, do you have any gas, bloating, or mucus, or heartburn? And, um, and they'll say, oh, you know, yes or no to things. And I'll ask them about gas, and they'll say, um, just normal. And I say, okay, well, what does just normal mean? And especially with guys, they think, oh, well, that's that's normal. You know, we, we, we just do that, right? And I say, well, actually, it's really not normal. Uh, gas is fermentation of food. Okay, I understand that when we're getting ready to take a bowel movement, there's going to be motion and movement, right? I understand that. But to be sitting at your office or walking through the hallway, uh, you know, uh, having a uh, little out gases is really not normal. And so it's really, it's food, food that is fermented in the gut, which is really no longer serving as a nutrient nutrient anymore and is going to be stored in your stored in your fat cell as a toxin. So I say that if you have excessive mucus and you know uh, whether it's in the nasal passage or whether you are trying to clear your throat, that's a symptom of a immunological uh, response that your body didn't like what you ate. Your body's trying to create mucus to trap it to move it out of the system. If you have gas or belching, uh, again you have a uh, you know potentially um, not enough enzymes. We've talked about the hydrochloric acid, um, or the body is not even able to break down and you're creating fermentation. Uh, people will, you know, say, gosh, you know, I eat and then I feel like I'm three months pregnant. I just get really <laughs> bloated. This is insane. Well, that's a food sensitivity. So if we just, again, take out those potential allergens that are really easy to take out of, out of our diet. I mean, Mother's Market offers so many wonderful gluten-free products. It's easy to go gluten-free. Uh, gluten really affects the immune system in a very adverse way. So cancer patients, I immediately get them off gluten products. If they have thyroid issues, I, I you know, especially if they have Hashimoto's, off of gluten, any immune is issue, they should be completely off of gluten pro uh, products because it really triggers uh, a negative inflammatory immunological response. Um, yeah, I, that gluten-free and, and Hashimoto's, I know that uh, the Mother's Market is really uh, keen on that. And anybody at Mother's Market, you can ask questions to, and they will point you in the right direction. Um, you talked a little bit about, about this in the beginning. Do you know that the majority of your... Um, the happy hormones, or what do you know about the majority of happy hormones are produced in your gut? Well, it's interesting because uh, I worked for a, a psychologist for a period of time, and we treated the gut to treat the mind. And 85 to 90 percent of your happy hormones are produced in your gut, your serotonin. Yeah. And so when you have uh, problems, uh, in fact, pain 
or anything, a depression, your brain is going to try to take that serotonin uptake and utilize it to those areas. So if you don't have a um, enough healthy bacteria in the gut, you don't have enough enzymes in the gut, you do not produce your happy hormones. Mm -hmm. And so what happens then? You crave sugars all the time because your body's looking for that pleasure sensing dopamine hit that we can get from sugars and fats. You know, we're hardwired for sugar. Just face it. You know, that's the whole primitive, you know, let's store calories when we can get them for famine, but we don't live in that age anymore. But our brains really have not progressed, uh, you know, uh, beyond that paleolithic mind. And that's so true. I um, I know that we all do crave that sugar. Um, okay, so what about the nervous system and in our guts? Well, you know, again, I was uh, explaining or trying to relate that our uh, second brain is in our gut. So whatever we are experiencing on emotional level, our our gut is going to get hit. And oftentimes, uh, and you may have experienced this yourself, when you've been under a lot of stress, what happens to your gut? You get all kinds of disturbances, whether it's diarrhea or you get cramping or, you know, you have, you have symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so I really, again, try to get people to understand, do not stand up and eat because you're basically giving the body a message, uh, you know, I'm in somewhat of a fl- flight or fright response, which really triggers I should have my uh, energy and my blood to my hands and my feet so I could go, yet I'm eating, which requires the most amount of energy of any bodily function. So you disrupt you dis- uh, disrupt digestion by walking around eating and being under stress. I mean, people just absolutely don't understand the, you know, the necessity of sitting in a calm manner and eating. Well, we talked a little bit, I wanted to touch on uh, foods and uh, you had mentioned uh, about um, the hormonal effect. I really try to equate uh, sugar as being like heroin. Mm. And really, because it really creates uh, into the pleasure uh, sensory of the brain. And again, it's like, I have a hit. When that hit wears down, I want another. And so I really try to get patients to understand when I'm emotionally wanting to eat, there's a huge difference between hunger and that hollowness that you feel. And, oh, I just want a little sweet or a little treat after I eat. Well, why? If you're hungry, eat some more food. And so really identifying, you know, what, what's, what's the need here? Okay, I'm not getting those happy hormones to my brain. So therefore, I'm looking for those pleasure-enhancing foods to give me a dopamine hit and so that I could feel better. And casein morphines in milk and gluten morphines in gluten products. So, mm-hmm. of course, we're addicted to these foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, the heroin. And yeah, we have to have that. So um, training our minds to look for something different. Um, in summary, the how do we heal our gut and heal our minds? Well, the most important thing, first of all, is to begin to establish homeostasis in the gut. I say everything begins with the gut. If you have a good, healthy gut, really the likelihood of disease is very low. And so the first thing we do is reestablish the good, friendly bacteria. We put the enzymes that are missing back into the gut. We kill off the unfriendly bacteria, parasites, mold, fungi. Uh, We do some detoxification. We reestablish healing through glutamine, licorice, deglycerated licorice is fantastic uh, for healing of the gut and aloe vera is fantastic as well. So we will introduce uh, different agents that support um, healing the intestinal wall. That sounds so great and thank you. What 
Interesting information. Um, thank you very much for your time, and we look forward to having you on again. And in the meantime, you can catch more of Liliana on the Center for New Medicine website and at the Center for New, uh, at the Center for New and see her at Mother's Market and take on one of her great seminars. Thank you so much, Liliana Partida. Thank you for having me, Kim. Thanks for listening to the Mother's Market Radio Show and for shopping at Mother's Market. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.